Oh, my goodness. Yes, we're going to get right into it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. It's always on time. Thank you, Father, for, for helping people this morning, helping them have faith again, helping them believe that you are for them, God, that you make all things work for their good. Thank you for opening up our eyes to what the good news is really all about. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go. Jude. Jew, Jew, Jew. Hey, Jew. Hey, pull that song up. <laughs> we get here all day long, boy. <laughs> hey. All right. Jude 1, 3. Beloved. That's you. Beloved. Beloved. While I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. Our common salvation. What is common salvation? You ever read the Bible and just stop for a second and go, what is going on right here with these two words, man? So, Common salvation is what we all have together, and that is that we are justified by faith. That's who we are. We're, we have been justified. Say, I am justified. In Christ, we are now justified before God. And we've been made righteous before God. It's nothing we can do. It's something that was done for us. But we have it in common when we, are, when we have Christ as our, as our head. Amen? So uh, diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend there is fight. Fight. We have to fight. Fight for what? It tells you we have to fight earnestly for the faith. For the faith. That is, what is, what does that mean? What is faith? Well, we are just the justification of faith. We are justified by faith, right? We have to believe, and we have to fight. In our minds, we have to fight that, wait a minute, wait a minute. God's not looking at me in all my sin anymore. He, I've been justified, and it takes faith to understand that because we know what we've done. We know what we do every day, but it takes faith to know that even though you do that, that God still loves you, that he still has justified you. You can't lose your justification. You just can't. Because you didn't do anything to get it. It was given to you. It's a gift. Love that. Let me show you a couple of verses about justification just so you can just so you can grasp what the Bible says about it, right? Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. We are justified not by keeping the law. We're justified by faith. Faith that Christ did a perfect work on our behalf. Amen. All right. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. We have peace with God. We're not trying to get it. We have it. Right now, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. That through dia by means of through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with almighty God now? The God who was angry in the old covenant when you messed up. How do we now have peace with him? Through the body of Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. I, I always ask myself when I see that. How did I miss that for like 20 years? Anybody do that? You're like. It's always been there. A man is not justified by the works of the law. But by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus. That we might be justified by faith. In Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. 
So we are justified by faith, right? But, oh, this is Galatians 3.11, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. You catching a theme here. All right, therefore, this is Galatians 3.24, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to, the, to Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law was designed to get you to see Jesus, that he's the only one that could justify you. Because if you go by the law, nobody would be justified because we can't keep them. You break one, you break them all, right? The law is perfect. Jesus is also perfect. Look at James 2.24. You see then that a man is justified by works. What? We just read all them verses. And James is going to go throw a, throw a, throw a, just jack it all up. Well, what about this one, man? Because I get this all the time, right? So what is James saying? He's contradicting what Paul said. No. You have to read it in context. So if you read James, I want you to see all the verses that Paul was talking about. We're justified by faith apart from the law. When James is talking about it, he's talking about from man's point of view. From like from me to you. But Paul's talking about when it comes to God, we are justified by faith. When it comes to men, we're justified by our actions. Yeah. So if you see me up at the bar drunk all the time. You would never know I was a pastor. And if you did know I was a pastor. <laughs> there would be issues there. Right. So be between man, between us people. Uh, I'm justified by my actions. But when it comes to God, I'm justified by Jesus, Amen. by faith. That's it. That's the only way I can be justified. And I am justified there. Amen. No doubt about it. You guys understand that? So when people say, well, what about James? What about? Well, it's because he's talking about this horizontal relationship. Right? Paul's talking about vertical. And I had to learn that from the youth Wednesday night because I, I never could remember what's horizontal and what's vertical. Anybody can do this. Amen. <laughs> so go back to Jude 1 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's interesting because see the word lewdness there in the King James. That's license. This is where people get that. Uh, the grace preachers, those who teach grace are giving people a license to sin. Right. And <laughs> you know my thoughts on that. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> we all should have a license because we all sin. Yeah. What if you sin without your license to sin? Yeah. What if you drive without your license to drive? It's just it's just dumb. Right. All that logical stuff. Look, he's talking about he's talking about these guys have come in. They've come in. And they're turning the grace of our God into a license. But here's the thing, man. It says, and deny the only. Whenever you sit under this teaching, do you ever hear Pastor Dwayne or me denying Jesus Christ? So then something that, that can't be what it means. Because we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Don't we? So there's something else that we got to see there, man. So what is the main point of the gospel? You see that... Um, People, well, here, I wrote some of these things. These things are, in a nutshell, God loves us, sent his son, 
we are now, we're saved, Amen. right? And we live a holy life for him. All those things are good, but we're missing something. We're missing that. Where is the justification? That we've been justified. I mean, that's the crux of the gospel, Amen. that we've been justified by Jesus. All those other things are true. But we've been justified. We've been made righteous. That's the whole crux of the gospel. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Something we couldn't do. He did for us. Paul says it like this in Romans 1.16. You guys know this one very, very well. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It literally means good news. The good news of Christ. For it is the power. That's a, in the Greek, that's a definite article. It means it is, that is the power. The power of God to salvation. The word salvation there is, 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 a, is a full life. Everything that has to do with life, peace, prosperity, all that stuff is wrapped up in that word. The, the abundant life, the healthy life is wrapped up in that word. It's so beautiful, right? For everyone who believes, say everyone. everyone. For everyone. doesn't matter where you're from, what you did in the past. If you believe, that's for you. That's for you. Uh, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, in what? In, in it, yeah. For in the good news, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God, not your righteousness. Your righteousness is as of a filthy rag. That's what the Bible says, right? So what is revealed in the good news of Christ? What is the gospel all about? The righteousness. See it right there? That's the crux of the gospel. Righteousness means the, the righteousness of God. That means that we have been justified. We have been made righteous by Jesus. That's what it means. That's the good news. Right. But sometimes we don't speak about that, man. When we talk about the gospel, we talk about God loved the world. Yes. Amen. Uh, he sent his son to die for us. Yes. Amen. And now we should live a holy life by giving thanks to him, by living a holy life. That's 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 how the gospel is. And we'll go to heaven one day. But they don't never they never say that we've been given the gift of righteousness, that we've been made just that we are justified in Christ. That is the main point of the gospel. So when you talk about the gospel, you talk about sharing the gospel, you talk about spreading the gospel, it better include the righteousness of God, which is justification. Amen. You guys see that? Yeah. Some people make fun of the way I point in church. Like Shay Emerson. But I'm not going to use names. <laughs> so let's go back to Jude 1.4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn, say turn. They turn the grace of God into lewdness. Now let me show you how Satan has done a wonderful job of jacking this verse up. Right? Look at the word for turn. Right? To transpose two things, one of which is put in place of the other. So they switch it out. They're switching the grace for a license to sin. Now, the Bible tells us what gives power to sin. It's the law. By the law is the knowledge of sin. The strength of sin is found in the law. So Satan's done a wonderful job of getting the gospel, the grace message, justified, righteous, made righteous by Christ. And, and replacing that, he transposes that with... Uh, Man, I'm going all over the map here. He transposes that with a license to sin. In other words, people will come and say, if you're teaching that grace message, you're giving people a license to sin. 
Well, that's not true at all. What has happened is these ungodly men have come in and they've tried to say that the people that are preaching the gospel, the true gospel, the gospel of grace, that they're switching it out and giving them a license of sin. Can't be true. Why can't it be true? Look at the last part, man. Whenever you sit under this kind of teaching that we teach here consistently, I believe, do you deny Jesus? No, in fact, we lift, we, we, we speak more about Jesus than most law-preaching churches. If you go to a church, for instance, and you hear God, 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 right? You're in an old covenant church. And it's a little thing like that that, that, that you have to catch because if you go to a church and you hear Jesus, 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 now you're in a new covenant church because Jesus is the name above all names. So we have to understand that God, he, he is God. He's always going to be God. But in the old covenant, God, he was God, right? In the new covenant, he's father. And he wants Jesus to be the name above every name. Does that make sense to you guys? So I don't have a, it's not a, I'm not like picking and choosing. I'm just telling you that we lift Jesus up here. So this cannot be that if you preach grace or teach grace that, that you're giving people a license to sin, right? Do you need a license to sin? We always do it, right? We do it. We'll continue to do it because we're in this fallen world. But what we have to know is that even though we fail, we are still loved. Because the Bible tells us it's the goodness of God that leads us to repent, to change our ways, to change our mind, right? Not the badness of man, but the goodness of God. That's a good place to be. Check this out, man. We're about to get down in it. Because people always say, I heard this. Uh, Pace told me about this, man. We heard, he heard about this. A guy stood up and said, hey, man, we're going to preach the grace, but we're going to also preach the truth, right? And we're going to preach the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. Look, that's a good thing. I'm all for it. Here's the deal. It's only found right here in Scripture. There's no, it's only found in Scripture one time. It's right here, Acts 20, 27. Right there it is, man. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I want to know the whole counsel of God. You, you just preach grace. You got to preach some truth with it. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna, that's verse 27. Would you agree that verse 24 comes before verse 27? <laughs> Anybody disagree? I just want to see. <laughs> I want to ask you what school you go to. <laughs> I'm just joking. I would never point that out. <laughs> verse 24. But none of these things move me. Paul's talking about chains, afflictions. None of those things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus... To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The grace of God. He's testifying to the gospel of the grace. There is no other gospel. The gospel is the grace of God. The favor of God. That's literally what you could say there. That is the only gospel. Would you agree? Alright. So go back to verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves. And to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I love that, that that it says that God purchased the church with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. 
Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Look at me. Draw away. To take away. To take the place of. See that? What do they draw them away from, man? Speaking perverse things. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you. I commend you. This Paul. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. Not to the law. To the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So in between the word of grace and God's grace, you, you have that whole counsel of God. So according to Paul, according to the Holy Spirit, the whole counsel of God is the word of grace. Yes? Am I showing it to you? So look, he's committing us to God and to the word of his grace. That's important to know. That is the whole counsel of God. The word of his grace. It's sandwiched in between both those verses. I love that. Now look, it says speaking perverse things. That means anything that's not the word of his grace is a perverse thing. You see that? Isn't that amazing how Satan has twisted that up and made it made everybody get bless you, by the way, and made this uh, <laughs> up there. He's trying make, made this all about grace preachers and grace teachers that they're giving people. You can just go do whatever you want. That's the exact opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says under grace, sin actually loses its power. And that's why Satan comes so hard against it. That's why Jews say, hey, contend for that. Fight for that. You got to fight for that because Satan knows that the law will put you back in bondage. But the moment your eyes are open to grace, we talked about this with Paul when he was walking on the road. And, and, and he had a revelation of Jesus and he was blinded. Literally scales fell off his eyes later on. I mean, he was blinded. It, the Bible says his eyes were open, but he just couldn't see. There's a lot of churches with people like that in the day. I was one of those guys. My eyes were open. I just couldn't see it. But then a man named Ananias came, prayed over him, right? And I, you know what Ananias means? What's his name mean? The grace of God. So literally the grace of God opened up his eyes so that he could see. Isn't that beautiful? That's why it's so important that we fight for the word of grace, to see God's favor in our lives. To know that God is good all the time. And that he's for us all the time. He never turns his back on us. Even when we fail, he doesn't turn his back on us. Because he did that to Jesus. For you, he now looks at you. And he's always there. Never leaves you. It's a beautiful thing when you think about it. So I, this is one of my favorite messages ever. I love this message because it changed my life. But this is the only recorded sermon of Paul in the Bible. Now Paul spoke a lot, but he preached one time in the Bible. Right. How many of you guys have ever listened to preachers on on tape or on CD or, or MP3 or anything like that? You just you have a favorite pastor. You listen to him. Right. Uh, Creflo Dollar is one of those guys for my wife and I. We, we love that cat. Boy, he is. He's funny. <laughs> but he knows a lot of this stuff, too. Um, wouldn't you like to have one, a bunch of those of Paul? Like Paul's sermon notes and it would just be cool to listen to Paul over. But we have a an actual a sermon of Paul, but this is in 14. So let me show you this uh, verse one. Now it happened in Iconium. That's present day Turkey. 
that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed them. So Paul spoke. What was he speaking about that many people believed him? Yeah. You want to see it? It's amazing. You'd be like, what? Many people believe. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace. God bears witness to the word of his grace. And what happens? Granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Great miracles happen when you when you see and you're sitting under and you're hearing the word of his grace. We've seen it happen in here. Amen. It's beautiful, man. It, it's beautiful. When I say it's beautiful, it's beautiful when that actually makes sense and you can see it working like, wow, the Bible really is true. Yeah. Because sometimes you grow up and you don't see stuff. I mean, if you grew up in my church that I grew up in when I was, I didn't see any of the, the, the signs and the wonders. I didn't. It was crazy, man. And, and, and I, but now I see it. Every day I see it. But it's by the word of his grace. God's bearing witness to the word of his grace. Right? So that's chapter 14. What was Paul talking about? See, it says that, uh, that Paul was speaking. And, 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 and both the Jews and the Greeks believe? Well, what was he speaking about? Let's go back to 13. All right, verse 14. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia. That's Syria. That Today, that's Syria. All right. And went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, because that's what old covenant churches read about, law and the prophets. After the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Right? And you know I love this story. This happened to me. Didn't it? You remember that night, Kelly? Dang, that was a good night. Um, <laughs> I love when I go to another church and they say, hey, man, you got anything to say? I'm like, <laughs> yep. Yep, y'all got a couple hours? Because, uh. I don't even need hours, man. It just You just start talking, and, and people are drawn to it just like they were with Paul. So Paul stood up, motioning with his hand. That's how I picture him doing it. <laughs> Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. He stood up. Where is he standing up? Don't forget. Where is he at? In the synagogue. What did they just read from? The law and the prophets. They're reading from the law and the prophets. That's the Old Testament. The first five books of the Bible is the law. All the rest of it, they refer to the prophets. All right? So they're reading from the Old Testament. Uh, and so I wanted, to, I wanted you to show you that. And then I want to go, well, we're not going to drop yet. Then God, the God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now, he, he goes into this into this lengthy thing about the, the Israel's past, right? All the way back from the beginning when they left uh, Egypt as slaves. But look, let's, get, let's drop down to verse 32 for the sake of time. And we declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus, right? At, now, he's in a synagogue, and they don't like it. He can, he can see them, like, getting uncomfortable, Anybody see people like that? Start talking about grace and stuff, and people. Right, get that scowl look on their face, man. 
don't purposely do that. I, that's called provoking. The Lord had to teach me that. Because I used to have fun with it, right? And Paul probably did too, man. Paul's like, watch this, Barnabas. <laughs> Jesus! All right. <laughs> As it is also written in the second song, you are my son, today I have begotten you, and that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David, right? Um, therefore, he also says in another song, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, now they thought David was the man, right? The, they thought David was, was he, he was going to be the guy. And, 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 but they, they put so much focus on David that they didn't focus on Jesus when he came. And Paul's like, look, no, it wasn't David, it's Jesus. David's dead. David didn't rise up, he's dead, right? For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. That means he died, right? Was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, Verse 38 and 39, you should highlight them. These are the, this is the gospel in a nutshell. This is what he says. Therefore, let it, now where is he? Where is he? In the synagogue. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. That's the gospel. He's like telling all these Pharisees and all these Jewish people, man, Jesus did it for you. Through this man, Jesus, you are completely forgiven. Oh, wait, I love this. See that? See this little thing right here? That means there's some more good news, right? It's not a period. There's some more good news, right? And by him, who? who who's him? Jesus. By him, everyone, say everyone. Everyone who believes is justified from how many things? All things. Oh. Seriously, guys, that is good news justified from all things all things doesn't matter what you do you've been justified in christ if you believe that doesn't matter about your past good lord if you knew my past some of y'all would get up right now and walk out yeah Ke kelly's gone <laughs> i'm saying i was gonna say those who love you would stick it out but she left <laughs> is he trying to tell me something no, look, from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. They just read from the law of Moses. And Paul is telling them this stuff, man. He's like, look, Jesus has done it for you. Jesus is the only way to get it done. You can't do it. You're justified in Christ. You're justified from all things. Moses could never do that for you, right? Ooh, man. Then he says, beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish. He's like, be amazed and then die. Right? He's in the synagogue. <laughs> For I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one, will one word to declare it to you. He's like, hey, I'm telling you all this, and you're not going to believe it. And the Bible knew that. God knew that, so he prophesied about it. You despisers. I'm going to use that next time I go to another convention. You despisers. I'll just do what Paul did. Right? Um, so, so, check this out. When the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles 
begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So when's the last time you went to a church where you couldn't wait for the same words to be spoken again? Did you have that growing up? Or you just couldn't wait to go hear about how bad you were? Couldn't wait to go hear about how God was angry with you? You couldn't wait to, to go hear about how God was going to make three things go wrong in your life at one time because everything happens in threes, right? You, you, you heard all that stuff growing up, man. But no, he's saying, man, it, it, when you start preaching about Jesus and people are completely forgiven and justified forever, people want to hear that. They were coming to hear that. They were begging for those words to be heard. That's why it's called the good news. You can't get enough of the good news. When you hear somebody banging on you, man, you feel down, depressed, shameful. You end up not wanting to go back because you can't do anything to measure up. And if you can't measure up, why try? Just walk away. That's why so many people are walking away from the church. All they're hearing is about how bad they are and how they'll never, ever measure up. Well, they need to know that Jesus measured up for them. He went to the cross, and it was enough for them, and it was that good. God loves people. All right? Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews, man, they went into worshiping because they just saw many Gentiles being saved. Look at this. And the proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to what? Continue in the grace of God. What were they reading from? The law. He said, nope, don't continue in that. Continue in the grace of God. Right? Uh, on the next Sabbath, what happens when you preach grace? What happens when you teach the grace of God? That, A, Jesus loves you. He died for you. You're completely forgiven. And you have been made righteous by his blood. What happens when people hear that? The whole city. Look at that. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. The whole city. That's why when you start preaching and teaching about grace, people are drawn to it, man. The crowd gets bigger. And, and it's not just religious people. It's sinners are drawn to that message. Just like with Jesus, yeah? Oh, here we go. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, that's when they worshiped. They were filled with envy. They'd never seen that many people in the synagogue before. And they were jealous. It had nothing to do with the law and Jesus. They were jealous because the numbers, the perception, they were envious. That still happens today. People get jealous. It doesn't even have to be crowd numbers. It can just be people hearing the message and talking about it. Oh, man, that was awesome. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Man, you should come there and listen to that because that guy, and they're like, well, he's preaching. He's giving you a license to sin. Right? Isn't that how it goes? They're jealous. They're envious. Of what? What? We're just telling you, hey, Jesus died for you. All your sins are forgiven. You were made righteous. You can't lose it. Now let's go. Let's walk. Walk it out. Right? They were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. What did Paul speak? What I just read, the gospel. You're completely forgiven, and you've been justified by grace. They opposed that. They opposed it. So now, who's denying Jesus? Is it the grace teachers, or is it the religious people? The religious people. So that's who Jew was talking about. Look, you dropped all the way down, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. What is the word of the Lord? 
The word of his grace. It's in the same chapter. The word of his grace. Paul persuaded them to keep going in that direction. That's what he calls the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is the word of grace. Can you see that? So go back here. Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, uh, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins, right? That he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of God, grace of Christ. So people will come in and say, man, you've been called in the grace of Christ, and now people are bringing the law back in and trying to get you away from it, right? Uh, which is not another. It's not another. There's, there's, it's a different gospel. There's not another gospel than, than what? The grace of Christ. There's not another gospel. That's the only one. The grace of Christ. When people say, oh, we've got to have a good balance. What balance? It's the grace of Christ. It's the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of, of Christ. See, they'll tell people that that's what we do. We pervert the gospel of Christ because we talk about grace, 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 grace. It's the exact opposite of that. If, if it's anything is not the grace of Christ, it's a different gospel. And you are perverting it if you don't talk about the grace of Christ. Can y'all read? I mean, I'm not making this stuff up, am I? But, but listen, I was blinded to it. I was like Paul. My eyes were open, but I was blind. I couldn't see it. But then grace, Ananias, came and opened my eyes to be able to see it. And now there's no going back. I cannot go to another church and sit under law. I won't receive it. I won't. I'll be nice. <laughs> but I ain't got to receive it. And you know how you receive it? By saying amen. Somebody gets up there and says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Read the next one. Read the next verse. Being freely justified by his grace. Then I'm like, amen. I'll be the only one in there. I'm just joking. God forbid I'm the only one in there. Or we would be. You guys would be just like that, right? Liz always texting, <laughs> always been texting Dwayne and I. How do I find a grace church in Arizona? I'm like, go on the line and look at the one everybody's making fun of. That's the one you need to go to. Yeah? Jake, you texted me that last week, too, man, in Tallahassee. Every church in Tallahassee is perfect because that's where FSU is. <laughs> okay, 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 we're almost done. We're almost done. Pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than the gospel of grace, any other gospel than what you have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be cursed. Paul pronounced a curse on him. Right? A double curse, as we have said before. So now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. What's the gospel in the context? The word of grace. The grace of Christ. That's the only gospel. There is no other. There is no other. And then finally, we, uh, did I turn this thing off because I got excited? Is that it, Jumbo? All right, cool. Here you go, Pastor. Thank you. So what I want you guys to understand is, man, 
we can go, if, if we want to see, if we want to see the true gospel, like change us from the inside out, we have to know that we've been justified, that we have been made righteous. That's how we start our walk. We're not, that, that, that literally is, the, the, that's not the finish line, that's the starting point. For, for a new believer, you've got to know that you've been made righteous, that you're justified. And now you can walk freely because now you're not looking at all your failures. You're looking at your Savior who did that for you. And when you see Jesus out in front of you and, and behind you, he's your rear guard, right? <laughs> oh, I got a cramp. Had to do it. Hey, edit that. So listen. If you see Jesus out in front of you and behind you and all around you, you got to know the most important thing, the very crux of the gospel, the good news, is that you have been made just. You have been made righteous. You are justified in the eyes of God Almighty, who is the judge. But he's already judged you righteous in Christ. And that, that gives you the power to be able to go through your life and, and, and expect good things from God. You can expect. That's literally what the word means, hope. Our hope is in Christ. It literally means that you can have a confident expectation of good coming your way. Whatever you're going through in life, every single day when you wake up, you got a new issue facing you. you got to know, my hope is in Christ. And you can expand that by saying, I have a confident expectation that Christ is going to make this good. Because that's what it's saying. That's literally what it says in the, uh, in the Greek. So know that when you wake up every morning, when you get a shock statement, when some of you get a shock phone call, when you get a shock bill, and you're like, whoa, what are we going to do? Immediately, just immediately realize my hope is in Christ. And I have a confident, you say, say confident. You know what that means, right? You're pretty sure it's going to happen. You're, you, matter of fact, you know what's going to happen. I'm confident, expectation. I can expect not I hope for, I have a confident expectation of good, good coming your way. That's why the Bible says God makes all things work together for your good. We have to know that. The only way we know that is by the gospel, saying that we are justified. That's the main point of the gospel. So sometimes we forget about that. We just go through our Christian lives, man, but the gospel is so important. We have to remember each and every day that we've been justified. That we are righteous. And when you have that, you walk with power. You walk with power through life. You can speak and things happen just like a king would. Because you are kings and priests. Christ made you that way. You speak what you want to see happen. By faith, you're just speaking it. What you want to see happen. And the Bible clearly tells us to do that. And when you do that by faith, you see things happen. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. And then you can't go back. And then guess what happens? Just so you know, just so you know, I want to prepare you. Guess what happens? Something else happens, right? Satan causes something else to happen. And then you start to forget. You lose faith a little bit. You drop back down. But that's what I'm saying. You got to, he, Jude said, contend, fight for it, fight for it. Right here, fight for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, give Jesus the praise. He did all that for you. So throughout this weekend, man, just remember the crux of the gospel is you have been made just. Hey, don't just remember about yourself because people will come against you, even other Christians. you got to see it in their lives, too. You speak it out in their lives, too, that, man, they have been justified. 
look at them as justified and that'll soften your heart toward them amen? amen and there won't be this wall right there so if you're visiting our church i want you to know a couple things that if you want to join our church we have a, a slip up here for you to fill you can do that after church with me uh with pastor Dwayne. you can come down here and fill that out um if you have a prayer request we'd love to pray with you we'll pray with you in that room back there or we'll pray with you in the corner up here but uh we would love to do that too and the w if most importantly if you haven't accepted jesus man please find one of us afterwards we believe that we don't have to do a song to get people here the holy spirit has already drawn you to himself Amen. if that's you please see me and we'll we'll walk you through a, just a simple prayer god made it simple right religion jacked it up We'll walk you through a simple prayer, man. We'd love to share that with you. Um, but the way we close it out here, Pastor Dwayne comes up and he prays a blessing over you that you can take with you by saying amen, amen. by receiving it. Amen. 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 If you're able to stand with me, come on and stand. Let's go before the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your presence, Lord. We thank you, Father, Father for your word, Lord, that you poured out into our hearts, into our minds today, Father. We thank you for equipping us with the true gospel, with the real good news. Father, we thank you for your grace that is sufficient for every area of our lives. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus who came and brought with him grace and truth. We thank you, Lord, for that grace and truth, Father, that replaced the law. We thank you, Father, for the new covenant of grace. Thank you, Father, for the power of your word and for equipping us with your word. Thank you for giving us the ability and the opportunity, the authority, Father, to speak things into the atmosphere and see them come to pass in our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, for going before us. Thank you, Father, for always leading us and guiding us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for just your presence in each and every one of our lives, reminding us of who we are in Christ Jesus. Father, as we leave this place, Father, I pray, Father, that you would just continue to just allow us to meditate on your word, Father, to feed and feast on your word. Be with us, Father, wherever we go. We thank you for your, your promise, Father, to never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, as we go into the highways and the byways, Lord, I ask God that you strengthen us, bless the work of our hands, bless everything, Father, where we put our, our hearts and our minds to do. And we just give you praise and thanks for it already right now. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.